Hello and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is not our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. He remains away, at least away from the office at any rate. However, with me, I do have the LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi, Randy. Afternoon, Ian. We also have Echo journalist, Joe Rimmer. Hi, Joe. Hello, Ian. And also his colleague, and a colleague of everybody, Paul Gorst. Hi, Paul. Hello, Ian. Now, we will start with the big talking point. We're recording this, by the way, on Thursday lunchtime, so... Jurgen Klopp's press conference will be is scheduled for Friday at one o'clock at Melwood. Disastrously right. late, we might yes, say. Yes, yes. Yeah. At least it's not as late as it's one next week for the uh, Champions League, which is incredibly late. We'll mourn about that on Monday. Yeah, we will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the big talking point, obviously, uh, this morning, Philip Coutinho has, is amongst those who've come back from international duty. Uh, he's back at Melwood. He's started training, uh, proper training with the first team. That's for the first time since... His back injury, which of course coincided with him handing in a transfer request and saying that he wanted to join Barcelona. That didn't happen, Andy. Instead, he went off, uh, we spoke in a pod earlier this week, he went off, uh, played for Brazil, scored a goal, made another appearance since then, uh, seems to be okay. Managed to you know, get by on those big long-haul flights to and from Brazil, which as Neil Jones pointed out, if ever you've got a back problem, that's what doctors always say, the best cure is to sit on a plane for about 10 hours or whatever. He will be writing prescriptions. He will be, yes. Uh, but what's your take on this? Do you expect to seem involved any, in any case uh, against Manchester City on Saturday? I think definitely. Um, there's only one reason you decide not to sell one of your best players, if not your best player, to Barcelona for a ridiculous sum of money. And that's because you believe he's going to be... Um, a massive help to what you want to achieve this season. So the only issue becomes timing, and that's what everyone will be wondering, how Klopp achieves um, the, the the trick of getting Coutinho back into the side uh, while keeping the rest of the players on side um, and hopefully trying to recreate a sort of relationship between Coutinho and the Liverpool support, because undoubtedly that will have been tarnished by what's happened this summer. Um, will he start at the Etihad? I doubt, though never underestimate Jurgen Klopp's ability to go for something dramatic. Uh, and putting him straight in would be the, dr- the dramatic thing to do. But sense and Klopp's history in terms of how he's dealt with players who haven't played a lot, he's only played two substitute appearances, looked very impressive in that second one as well, um, is normally to ease them in. So you could imagine... That a standard play, if Klopp could ever tick the box of I'll go for the standard play, would be to put him on the bench. Paul, what's your take on this? Because, you know, looking at it from a point of view of the way Liverpool have been playing, I mean, any player coming back would struggle to get into the certainly attacking player would struggle to get into the team given the way that the, the last two games they took about half an hour in Arsenal. Yeah, um, I think if Klopp leaves him out, you couldn't really grumble because of the way Liverpool have been playing. I think they've scored 14 goals already this season. Obviously, annihilated Arsenal before the international break, um, and Coutinho, you know, hasn't played the second, so you couldn't really grumble if he was left out. But I'm, I agree with Andy really. I think if you've got a player who you value over, you know, whatever it may be, 120 million plus, if you think he is worth that and he's fitting and he's ready to go, put him in. Um, I think he could possibly make way for Genie Wijnaldum, um, maybe. Um, he hasn't particularly been firing on, on all cylinders, so I think. If there is a change to be made and Coutinho will come in, I think that could be it. I mean, I'm in agreement with, with, with Paul. I think that he should play. Far the reason what, what you said, Andy, about if he's the, you know, the want to keep him, play him. 
Well, you know, common sense suggests that you know he's, he's not played all season. He's had a few substitute appearances. You know, keep him on the bench. Well, anybody who knows me knows that I don't have any common sense whatsoever. So I'd be I'd be sticking him straight in there. But the other reason I think is because the longer he doesn't play or doesn't start, the more people will talk about. It gets his, out of the his, way. Yeah, it? it gets it out of the way straight away. You know, it, it nips it nips it in the bud. And I think that in that sense, it's it's not as if it's a gamble in terms of his talent, is it? No, but I mean, no. if you look at that front three, we're not changing it, are we? No, that's front, not getting front changed. Front three's no. going to be changed. Now, we've expected, as Paul alluded to, with his possibility of, of leaving out Wijnaldum, that Coutinho would would play quite a bit this season, though not all of it, because Klopp spoke, has already spoken about, you know, he still sees him as a you know an attacking a, player. A wing ten, as you Yeah, the, the, so, you know, the he could come in to play in that deeper position. Wijnaldum, probably the one that you would look to to possibly sit down. He's obviously been playing for the Netherlands in, in, in the break. But, there were. Uh, <laughs> 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 the Netherlands. <laughs> yeah, Barry Robot. <laughs> the Netherlands. Uh, yes, he's, uh, he's been playing for, for Holland. He's been playing for Holland. And, uh, but, you know, Henderson obviously will play because he, he, unless he, you know, he seemed to be fine with England. And, and, and Emre... Um, I don't think he played much for Germany, did he? If, uh, he went with them, but so, I don't yeah. think he. Yeah, we should have poor research. We should have looked at this, but I don't, we, I don't we weren't going to talk about that. But clearly, you. I, were. Don't, I don't think he, he, he got that many minutes. So um, you would probably suggest that 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 Wijnaldum, who um, started slowly the season, though has been progressing and was really good mm. against Arsenal. So. It might be a tough time to leave him down, but... Um, Not for Ghost, he's jibbing him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but what would you do, Joe? I'd start him. I'd, yeah. yeah, I said that in our little debate piece today. Um, I just think, I think with the way that the game will play out against City, it's not, Liverpool aren't going to be playing a, a low block, are they? You know, it's going to be like a straight shootout. You expect goals. Anyone who saw the game last season, even though it was 1-1, it could have been yeah. 5-5, mm. couldn't it? There's was, there was loads of chances. So I just think you, you get your best attacking players in there. And, and let's face it, you know, I think people are tempted now to say, oh, we're better off without him because they've been hurt by what, what Coutinho's done this summer. But Liverpool are a better team with Coutinho in it. And um, and the thought of him feeding that front three just, for me, spells danger for City. So I'd, I'd get him in there. I'd, again, I'd, I'd do what Paul says. I'd, I'd, I'd uh, drop Wijnaldum, keep the sort of strength of Chan and Henderson and, and put him in the team. But... I don't think Klopp will. I think Klopp will start him from the bench and bring him on. But um, it's another nice option to have on the bench, isn't it? Joe, did you just say low block? Yes, they won't be playing a low block. You still said low block, yeah, though, didn't you? Yeah, but I said low block ironically. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. that's fine. Uh, I mean, I've got to agree with, with Joe there in the respect that if there's a game where Coutinho can come in and play in that midfield with all those other players in front of him, you know, Salah, Firmino and, uh, and Mane, it's Man City away. Yeah, because of the way have... that they'll play. I know what you're saying, and we have all have memories of that game last 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 season. Well, the one before that as well. Such that I, I, I almost couldn't remember the score because you just remember the game, yeah, don't you? Yeah, and um, the game was you know, crazy and brilliant game of football. But it's got to be up there in the top three games of last season, I would say. Yeah, for, definitely. For yeah. all there was only two goals. It rained a lot though, didn't it? I mean, me and, uh, me yeah, and Joe yeah, went yeah, and we got, we got absolutely soaked. soaked. But um, it was worth it, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but is there? I mean, slight the playing devils. Is there an argument for saying actually? The way to beat that Manchester City team with that array of talent. I mean, I think we've all been impressed by that um, Bernardo Silva who's oh, come yeah. in. Um, obviously, David Silva, albeit newly, 
Balded or whatever. Sean, I think. What do you call it? Really Sean. <laughs> Sean. Um, so I call that natural. <laughs> he doesn't look like himself, but he's very definitely playing like himself, isn't he? Yeah. Playing well, and obviously you've got De Bruyne. I think most of us around the table are massive fans of. Yeah. So I'm just wondering whether the, the best way, and this doesn't tend to be clocked away, but whether actually a Liverpool who go there with a sort of nod to being solid and then unleashing the three on the break. A little bit what he did with Arsenal, wasn't it? You know, there was uh, there wasn't the normal high press against Arsenal, was there? There was um, no, no. there was uh, sort of we're going to um, be because it was a little bit. If you remember that first five sort of eight minutes against Arsenal, it was. Uh, I remember writing in the blog that you know it's been quite a sort of low key start. Both sides um, were sort of taking their time, yeah. and then and then obviously Liverpool, um, you know, were able to hit Arsenal very uh, definitively on on the counter. So. Um, I wonder whether Klopp might go. Actually, that's something that that could work against City as well. I think this is a game City will have a lot of the ball in. Um, I think they've got the type of players who will keep the ball really well. They're at home, um, and I wonder whether maybe the more solid option of potentially going for that that three of Chan when Alden Henderson worked well and just say to the front three, go and create some havoc when we get it. Paul, are we? Are we in danger of over or underestimating? Sorry, the impact of the international break because Salah will have been away and played two games. Mane, I'm sure he's played two games as well. I know both of them scored. Firmino certainly played one game, and they've travelled massive distances. And and in the past, Klopp has not been afraid to you know gets the players back in Melwood. Certainly with Liverpool playing at half twelve on the on the Saturday and going, well, I'm going to change my team around here because they're not quite their optimum fitness, and they've got the Champions League game coming up in midweek. Is there a chance that he might just go, well, I'm going to play Coutinho, I might even play somebody else, or Sturridge or anyone like that, simply because these players might not be as fit as they possibly Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, only Jürgen Klopp will know what kind of shape his players are in. They, they come back to training yesterday, didn't they? So they'll have had yesterday, today, tomorrow. So you'll have a good few days to size them up and see who's see in shape and see who's you know, lagging a little bit. Um, but at the moment, Liverpool haven't got too many options, I think, in, in certain positions. So... I think well, they got Oxide Chamberlain's comeback, hasn't he? Well, and he played in as well, yeah. didn't he? Um, yeah, I, I, I forgot all about it. If I'm honest, um, a new 35 million pound midfield. We didn't right mention him on a possible team. Both well, but I think he he might be uh, maybe a bit of an impact sub coming off the bench with his pace and his power in midfield. Um, but as Andy mentioned, then he expects City to have a lot of the ball. You know, the likes of Carl Walker and Mendy, they're going to be pushing on. So I think there might be space for Liverpool to exploit, uh, particularly with, with the pace of Mane and Salah. So I think Jürgen Klopp has to get them in the team at all costs, really. And even if they can only play for an hour or you know, 50, 70 minutes, whatever it may be, it's, uh, it's better than leaving them on the bench, I, I think. I mean, there, there was, I think it was 10 of the players came back to Melwood today. today I think you yeah. wrote yeah. a piece for the site, including Coutinho and the Brazilians and, uh, and others. The, um, but it doesn't... Even though it's an earlier game on Saturday, it doesn't feel like they're back quite as late as they sometimes have been. Um, obviously, they, I think they shared the cost of the plane, didn't they? With well, they've, cha- they've changed Chelsea the international. But they've done it the last couple of years now, where, where the, the the last games are played on a Tuesday. It used to be a Wednesday, didn't it? Exactly, and we've seen them come back that bit later. This this return feels like you should be okay, um, and he might not have to make the sort of changes that. That Paul was talking about in terms of you know the, the, the travel. <clears throat> I popped. Um, I was up with Redman TV for doing a little piece yesterday, and um, someone up there had actually calculated how far the um, 
the Manchester City players have travelled compared to the Liverpool players and Man City players have actually travelled considerably more. They have a bigger squad than, than Liverpool. They um, three on the plane, didn't they? I think, it, I think it was comparing the likely first 11s. I'm not sure, I can't quite remember. But, but um, obviously quite a few of theirs were, were, were away in, in, uh, in similar games in South America and all sorts. So um, it'll be the same for both sides. I think it'll be another fascinating sort of contest between Guardiola and Klopp and, um, you know, Fantastic game and prospect, isn't it? We'll come back to the City game a bit later on because I'll ask for, for what we think the teams will be because I know Andy's got a few views in terms of the defence. Uh, but just looking at the, the rest of the international break, I mean, we said so we spoke on, I think it was Monday or Tuesday, and Ben Woodburn had scored his goal against Austria. And <laughs> he's come on again for Wales, you know, ran down the left wing, showed a great turn of pace, as you pointed out. Uh, put the cross in, Hal Robson County scores, and Wales are a little step nearer to the World Cup. I mean, he's only 17. Chris Coleman, the Wales boss, was speaking afterwards, you know, hinting at the fact that when he was called up for the first time in the senior squad back in March, he didn't play, but you know, Jurgen Klopp wasn't, you know, wasn't keen on it, thought it was a bit too soon, but there's no chance of him not being called up now. And that, now the question's being asked whether he should be more involved with the first team. Well, Chris Coleman gave everyone the only headline they should really have needed for their Ben Woodburn articles, and uh, I admit I didn't put it on mine. That great news. We, 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 probably, we probably should have just said what he said was, when you're good, you're good. Um, and that's what it comes down to the old adage if you know, you're good enough if you're old enough, or you're old enough if you're good enough. And, um, you know, he. I wasn't I wasn't watching the Wales game and then uh, were you over. watching Northern Ireland? I, I was I might have been I was uh, <laughs> I flicked over to uh, um, the Wales game at half time so he hadn't played and then um, was flicking over until I saw he was coming on and then watched the rest of the Wales game to be honest and uh, um, he was he was fantastic it wasn't just the assist the assist was really interesting for me because as you know we we followed. Uh, Woodburn from his very first appearances, uh, very first appearance for the 18s and through to the 23s and through to the first team and everything else. One thing that we've often debated is whether at the very top level he's going to have the pace to be able to be a game changer. And um, he's always been nippy. We've never suggested that he's slow, but he hasn't got the pace of a Mane, a Mane or a Salah. A Salah. And um, I was really interested with that assist the other night in that. He showed, um, I'm not quite sure how fast the fella he went on the outside of was, by the way, but he showed pace to get past him and confidence to go on the outside and get a great ball in. And that showed to me that he's still developing physically. You know, he's growing, his legs are getting longer. You know, that'll, that'll help you get faster every time. And he, he, he's developing physically. And I was up at the academy yesterday chatting to Neil Critchley, who uh, is the under-23s boss now. He was the guy who gave... Uh, Woodburn his debut uh, at, for the 18s as a 15 year old and indeed he's got a, a history of Woodburn back to when Woodburn was 7 or 8 when he was trying to sign him when he was at Cruz Academy and um, Critchie was saying you know he, he because uh, Woodburn trains every day at Melwood he doesn't see him for you know a couple of weeks at a time and then he comes in to play a 23s game he says when he sees him it's like wow he's he's grown it's like when you haven't seen a relative for a while and they've you, you know, your son or your grandson, and he, he was saying, you, you come in and they're, they're really, they've really got that much bigger, you know, and he, he's saying he's still seeing that with Woodburn when he sees him, so I think there's more to come. Should he be playing first team for Liverpool at this stage? Genuinely don't think so. 
Um, because who's he knocking out of the team at the moment? He's got progression to come. He's also got the, you'll have to tell me the name of this competition. In Carabao Cup. The Carabao Cup. We call it the League Cup. The, League Cup the old times like me and you call it the League the, Cup. The League Cup. Or the Milk Cup. We've got League Cup coming, not week after next. Week after, week after next. next. That would look the perfect opportunity to get him into the side. Joe, do you uh, do you wish your legs were longer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been, I've been waiting on my growth spurt for <laughs> twenty nine years. Yeah, so, um, I I thought he looked excellent the other night. And what I liked about him, as you were saying, is confidence. You see, young players come into the team, and often they they look like they don't really want to make a mistake. They just keep the ball short, and they they just keep things ticking over without really taking too much responsibility. And the other night, after his goal, he came on. He looked confident. He looked like he wanted to to make a difference and he, and he did and, and like you say taking that going down the outside it's not something we've seen from him a lot it, it seems to be a player that, that plays a lot more centrally he went down the outside produced a great cross and, and gave and helped give Wales the lead so you know I, the exciting thing is you don't have to push him straight into the team Liverpool aren't having to rely on these young players at this stage they can ease him in we can see him through substitute appearances in the Carabao slash League Cup um, so it bodes really well for him. Is this is as excited as I've been watching him in the last couple of the games because he showed a really mature side of his game. I think for Wales, and um, I think it'll do him the world of good. I think Chris Coleman's probably done Liverpool a big favour because he's probably stepped up his confidence a level by playing in those games. Paul, I won't ask whether you want your legs to be any bigger because uh, <laughs> oh. it would, that would just be greedy, wouldn't it? You're not called tall, tall, tall for ball. nothing, indeed. I wish you'd give me a little bit of <laughs> <laughs> not, not Picking up on the, uh, what the boys are saying about Woodburn, is it difficult sometimes? Fans want to get excited by a young player coming through, but they're obviously very, very mindful of we can, you know, just recent examples, Jordan Ive, people like that, who, personally, I thought, he, I thought he'd, he'd probably make it, but it's gone wrong for him for whatever reason I'm not saying that's going to happen to Ben Woodburn but it seems to be now that fans are trying desperately not to get too excited but if you've got a player not like a in a League Cup game or, or even a Premier League game this is an international a World Cup qualifying which is country's entire hopes are yeah. on the line and he's come off in two games and he's basically effectively won them both games yeah that goal against Austria was, was stunning wasn't it it was shades of Wayne Rooney when he scored that goal against Arsenal back in 2002 was it um, not many players can come on at 17 and, and do that and get their country three points in, in a World Cup qualifier. That is, you know, it's massive. But uh, I thought Craig Bellamy was, was fairly sensible in, in a piece we ran yesterday. Um, he was basically saying he's only 17, doesn't turn 18 until next month, I think. Um, you know, he's got plenty of years on his on his side and there's no need to rush him and, you know, just just carry on as it is, essentially get him the games in the League Cup as and when he can, maybe the FA Cup. And he'll carry on playing for Wales and, and doing his, his bit for the uh, under-23s. There's no rush, um, and the sky's the limit for him, really. Um, but when uh, when we were watching him last year, he, he just looked, he did look like a kid playing. Um, you know, an extremely talented one, but he, he did look like a kid. Um, when I was watching him for Wales, he looks like he's, he's grown significantly, and you know, he looks more of a man. And he's still only 17, so he's got, still got a few more years to, to grow as well. So, um, you know, plenty of time on his side, and, and the sky's the limit. Just, yeah, no, sorry, just, yeah. just echo what Paul says. What we can say is that everything that Liverpool's done with them so far looks to have been proved to be absolutely spot on, hasn't it? They've yeah, brought yeah. through uh, without any, without necessarily hiding them away. You know, there was that that, that rush of excitement when he became the club's youngest ever goal scorer against Leeds this time last year, a bit, bit further on. Um, 
And in the interim, he spent most of the time playing 23s football. And that's, that's clearly bringing him on. Next, next week, when the first team are playing Sevilla at, at Anfield in the Champions League, you probably wouldn't expect Woodburn to be in that squad. Really? The, 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 I, think the, he, I think he might be. We'll see. I, I'd still be surprised, just judging on how the subs bench potentially mm. could, could yeah. rack up. Um, but then he's got Sevilla for the under-19s, Stephen Gerrard managing over at Tranmere at 5 o'clock that, that night. And you could see that would be the game more likely where he'd, um, where he'd play. Yeah. And it would be... It is a fantastic opportunity for all the players, but especially players like him who's now got full international experience to be playing sort of um, club f- football. Obviously, he, he'll be looking at people like Trent, who obviously made his impact at full first-team level in Europe, scoring a free kick. Fantastic. Um, but Trent came through before Woodburn. He's that little bit older. You know, When Woodburn came on for his first games, Trent was captain in the under-18s at that stage. So... Is that bit further along his development? So he doesn't need to worry about that. And everything the club's done so far has been spot on. I mean, we'll move on to Emre Chan now. I mean, uh, the news emerged this week that the reason that he's not signing his contract, or certainly not agreeing a contract, is because he wants a release clause. Now, I, I, I've written a piece this week, kind of saying, from a financial point of view, Liverpool have to give him this release clause because the only other option they've got really is to sell him in January. Otherwise, he'll go for nothing if he's not signing this deal. That's caused a bit of a, a debate amongst fans. Some of them quite rightly point out that Liverpool don't really have a history of putting these release clauses into contracts. Coutinho didn't have one, because if he would have had one, you would imagine he would have gone in the summer. You know, Su- Suarez had one and did go, but I think that was written in on the basis that they knew he was going to go anyway, so they got another season out of him. But, but if they do it, then by putting a release clause into a contract, Andy, is that basically the player saying, well, I want, I want to go? Eventually, it's saying it. Maybe, but it, it's definitely saying I want to keep my options open and see yeah. what's happening here. But the question is, why Chan wants that release clause in there? Is he worried that he might not play? In which case, that seems very strange for a player we've never thought lacked confidence in himself. Well, don't forget that there is a player going to be turning up at Anfield next season who plays in his position. There is, but this was all rumbling on long before Cater had been mm. uh, had nailed his colours to the Liverpool match for next season. So I don't think we can ascribe it to that. Chan said it's not about money. If we I take think, him, I think, his, he, I think it, he was talking about in context of his own wages, that wasn't he? Yeah, but is he is he then suggesting that he's worried about game time and, and his role? Those are the only other things you can put it down to. And he surely must see that Klopp's got a significant degree of trust in him, as far as I can see, in terms of the games he plays him, plays him in. Um, and that if if Chan isn't self-aware enough to show that to to realise that he's progressing as a player um, at Liverpool, which he clearly is, um, I'd be surprised. So you come down to this issue of the release clause, uh, and. I don't really have a particular problem with it. The problem, the problem is what numbers attached to the release clause, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, you, you look at it, you think if you'd have put a release clause in Coutinho's contract last year, you probably would have put like eighty, ninety million. This yeah. is the thing: the Neymar deal has blown yeah, everybody. It's blown, it's blown everything apart because I think Barcelona put two hundred million, whatever it was, two hundred twenty yeah. million euros, thinking no one's ever going to pay that. 
But of course, once somebody does, that's it. They, they, he's gone. He's gone. Exactly. And, and, and with Chan, what do you do? Because if you put, let's say Liverpool agreed to this and put an 80 million or let's even say 100 million, Chan has his, his best season for Liverpool. And next summer, with the money floating around the game, someone like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus comes along. It almost feels like 100 million pound fees will soon become the norm, and that, if, and that but, way Liverpool are missing out on money. But if they don't put that in, he's going oh, to go away for yeah, nothing and, anyway. And so. that's why it's, it's difficult. But Chan, he's come on so much, hasn't he, that they really need to find a solution because he, he's made a believer out of a lot of us. Because I know yeah. a lot of us doubted him. Um, are you suggesting that me? Christian Walsh and Neil Jones weren't particularly yeah. taken with Emery Chan for uh, a large even, part of the early part of his career. I feel. Let me joke, but I, I doubted him myself. You know, I didn't. I thought he was he was all posing and not much play. You know, I, I didn't really think that there was a lot to him. And he, he's really matured. He's he started taking a lot more responsibility on the pitch. He's he's using his strength well. He's he's getting his head up and playing the ball forwards well. I I, I don't. I really don't want to see Liverpool lose him. So I think they desperately need to find a. Uh, solution to this situation. The the on the unmentioned thing, of course, is that when you talk about whatever level this fee is set at, and presumably Chan's representatives would prefer it to be set at a significantly lower level than Liverpool are currently prepared but to. Can he to. do that though? Can they do that if they want their client to get a good wage? Because you can't expect a player to ask for I don't know one hundred hundred fifty thousand pounds a week. Then go, but we only want a fifty million release clause. Because then the club can go, hang on, if you're asking for this yeah. much amount of wages, then we value at this. You have to value yeah. that. Yeah, and that that'll be where the negotiating lines are being drawn because Chan and his representatives will 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 know that if they set, let's say they set the buyout clause at forty million, just to pick a figure, then if if there's a general view that that Chan would be worth sixty or seventy million when he comes to move. Then there's only one place that extra twenty or thirty million ends up. That's an Emre Chan's back pocket and the twenty percent slice that his um, management company take. So oh, everything that Liverpool don't get in terms of a transfer fee, whether it's zero if they lose him at the end of the season or whatever sell-on clause they put in if he leaves, all of that money ends up in Emre Chan's back pocket because he's he's got himself into a situation where. He's got this far down the line on his initial deal when he came to Liverpool that um, he is now he's now in the driving seat and it's difficult to see how Liverpool come out of this either without losing the player for nothing or keeping the player but paying absolutely through the teeth for him because basically Liverpool will have to reward him for what he could have got elsewhere in terms of the, in terms of a, of a signing on fee. The, uh, the thing in Liverpool's favour, of course, just finally, is that hopefully Chan actually enjoys playing his football at the club and can see the progression he's made in, in this team. Yeah, the, the good thing for Liverpool is they, they don't you haven't got to wait until January to try and get the, this resolved. They've got you know the next three months before the January transfer window opens, so they can you know carry on uh, you know basically trying to get that. Resolved as quick as they can, um, but I think Chan sort of developed into you know one of the key players of, of Klopp's squad. Really, you look at the, the goals he scored last season, and they were important goals. The, the winner against Burnley at Anfield, and the goal of the season against Watford. Without those goals, Liverpool wouldn't have finished in the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, and this season, he's, he's sort of taken it up another level again against Hoffenheim. It was probably his best game in Liverpool shirt. It was certainly up there with 
for me, uh, Villarreal in the Europa League semi-final. Um, it, it's a it's a pressing concern for Liverpool now that the transfer window is closed and they can forget about that until January. So that should be you know top of the agenda for Liverpool. Joe, is the worry that Liverpool will, if they give Chan this release clause, then every other player will go knocking on the door, going, yeah. oh, "Do you mind if I if I just have one stuck in there just in case? You never know what's going to happen." You you read my mind. It's exactly what I was about to say. Because yeah, it, it sets precedent, doesn't it? You know, and every. You know, let's say they 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 decide to give Firmino a new contract. He he'll want a release clause, and then again, what sort of prices are you talking about? You don't really want to get involved into to giving too many players release clauses, do you? Because it, it it really does mean that you you're limiting the time at the club. Whether whether if they play well, you're going to lose them, aren't you? So yeah, I can understand why Liverpool are desperate not to give it, but um, as you say before, Chan holds all the aces now, doesn't he, son? Most players who come in when they're renegotiating their contract will have a lot longer left on their deals and Liverpool will hold more cards mm. at that stage because they can say, if you want to move to this new deal on presumably significantly better wages now, um, then we're not going to give you a contract that has a, has a, a buyer clause yeah. in it. It works both ways, though, because you know Liverpool has signed Cater Okay, they get him next year, but they signed him on the back of this release clause. Signed Chan on the back of the release clause? I was going to say, don't forget, it's signed Chan. And do you think basically it's better for Liverpool to do this now because it will cost them an awful lot more money to then replace Chan because they won't get any money for him. They'll have to go out and buy somebody. If, presumably, if they're looking at it as though Cater's coming in to add competition to that central midfield rather than, than replace Emery Chan. I'd like to see Liverpool do a deal that secures Chan for the season because we've got Cater as a backup coming in next season. I don't mean as a backup, but he's, he's there. It gives you sort of confidence that there'll be midfield strength. Uh, and a reasonable sell-on clause put in there. Uh, Chan gets a you know a significantly improved deal for the rest of the season, no doubt back to it to the start of the season. And Liverpool have a reasonable degree of money coming in for the work they put into Chan if he decides to leave. And um, you know a, a player suitably rewarded if if he doesn't. And the prospect of him leaving for zero is the thing that I think would stick in everybody's craw, isn't it? And well, remember um, they, they had the, the the fingers built with the McManaman thing. Yeah. And I know this is going back a long time now, but they, they, ever since then they've been completely wary of this happening. And I can't really remember any situation where a player who's been a first team regular has gone into the last year. There probably is one that I can't remember off the top of my head. Owen kind of went near there or just stepped into it, but then they sold him. He went for buttons, though, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he went for fingers down with that as well, didn't yeah. he? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, at least he got some money for yeah. that time. Yeah, eight, eight million off for the top, yeah. top striker. And we can, expect, we can expect over the next few years, as, and we've seen it this year already with players who've... We've seen players get new deals, haven't we? Um, to prevent this, this happening, and that, that's one of the key parts of Michael Edwards' role. Um, I mean, Coutinho signed his new deal in... January. 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 Um, so, assuming that Michael Edwards was the man who um, negotiated that deal, and there's no reason to think he wouldn't have been, then you know we should there should be a certain degree of thanks to to Michael Edwards um, if if he indeed was crucial to, and I suspect he was, um, because not putting that that sell-on clause in there and getting him signed up for long term enables Liverpool to keep him this summer, and will presumably enable Liverpool to name their price next summer. So to be fair to be fair to Liverpool, they've been pretty good at this in recent years, haven't they, in terms of they've renewed a lot of contracts early, like you say, 
and they've not been caught out. Look at Arsenal. Arsenal seems to get caught out every summer by someone having a year left on their contract. They get caught out by the manager. The manager really, yeah. really good. So, so Liverpool have generally been quite good at making sure people are tied down. And to be fair, last summer did Chan had Chan's performances really earned him a, a new bumper deal. I wouldn't say you wouldn't say it was only till the end of really last season when yeah. he started to really come through. Certainly February on the Yeah, and 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 make people say right now he deserves his contract but the problem with that is now Liverpool have handed him the advantage in the negotiations we should point out that, that sometimes lots of us and supporters in general were often critical when they hand these players new deals and we don't mm-hmm. feel he's particularly earned it or whatever yeah. but clearly there's an, an entire much more business orientated decision at work there and probably as we see these coming in the next 12 months we should all be maybe a little bit more aware of exactly what's going on so bearing that in mind, just one, one question, I'll just, I was trying to couch it, and I've come up with a term. If Paul, I'll start with you. Yes or no, if, Liverpool, if Emery Chan ends up leaving for nothing at the end of the season, will that have been a mistake by Liverpool? Yes. Same question to you, Jeff. Yes. And Andy? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So therefore, we're suggesting that Liverpool just need to crack on and get this sorted. Yeah. But at yeah. all costs, though? Not at all costs, but you. But, you, but within but, reason. But within, within reason. reason. Let's yeah. make it a win-win. Let Emre's got it has loads of extra money, a recognition from Liverpool how important he is to them, and the potential to leave for a significant sum uh, if if he so decides. Whenever yeah, he has to pay for that herd yell somehow, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And there's only going to be three teams who are going to pay that exorbitant fee anyway: Barcelona, Real Madrid, or Bayern Munich. You might you might be right as well because Juventus if they really wanted him why didn't they go out and pay the money this summer in terms of you would have thought that they'd go I know Liverpool said they weren't selling but they'd test the water surely sure, yeah, our team drive hard bargain yeah. but Juventus yeah. is in a situation where they can give him all all the transfer fee if he signs a deal with them in January yeah. all the transfer fee is into their wages so he's going to be Juventus will be offering him astronomical wages in the knowledge that they don't have to pay a single penny in transfer fees. Oh no, definitely. But in terms of if Liverpool gave him a deal with a with a big buyout clause, like Paul says, I I don't know whether Juventus will go for it. So if he had an eighty million buyout clause, oh yeah, I think they they, they probably walk yeah, away. They they probably which walk is away. probably what the whole debate is about. Why he wants it exactly. to be low? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So get it done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a couple more things before we finish. First one. Uh, News that actually caught a lot of people's imagination this week was Jose Enrique retiring at the age of 31. Now, he wasn't exactly a, a fan favourite towards the end of his career, not least because he seemed to spend most of his time on social media just, just messing about, basically, half the time. But that was because he was injured. And he, he's kind of lifted the lid on what... He kind of felt a bit sorry for him, the amount of... You know, it sounded like he had a bit of a rough time, didn't it, Andy, from, from what, we, what he was saying. He was saying that he had this injury for... Two, three years, he thought it was only going to keep him out initially for three months. He barely played for the last three seasons for, for Liverpool. And at one point, he was even suggested that the insinuation was, there's nothing wrong with you, it's all in your head. Yeah, I mean, I still find it difficult to have very much sympathy for him, if, if I'm honest. I mean, I, I, don't, uh, I don't... How cruel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, on Twitter, yeah. I, don't, I don't in any way... No, he hasn't. I'm, I'm, I'm unblocked. I'm, yeah, I'm unblocked I'm, as well, I'm yeah. Blocked. Joe, I'm, are you blocked? Uh, this is... Jose, if you're listening, um, <laughs> he probably is. I don't. To be fair. I don't know what I did. To be honest, I really don't. I don't, didn't. I, I like Nosy Safari Park. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, no, I'm I'm not blocked by him. But the, I think he t- he tarnished himself with Liverpool supporters when injury or not, he was basically told by Brendan Rodgers, "Look, you're not going to play. You know, 
find yourself a club and we'll, we'll get that sorted and, and go and play football. And he, he decided to stay. And I think that was the frustration for people because it was a sign of somebody who perhaps was... Because he even came out and said, um, spoke about the money that was available and there was only a certain couple of clubs who could match his wa- the wages he was on at Liverpool. So he was clearly here to you know at that stage to pick up the wages. So injury or not, I don't take any joy out of the fact that his, his footballing career appears to have been taken from him at 31. No no joy at all. But um, you know, he played 99 games for Liverpool. It would be nice if he managed to clock up number 100. But um, he, you know, he wasn't a great player, but he, I mean, he was involved in one of the... He was, that, I know that's speaking the obvious, but he was involved in one of the great Anfield goals mm. with the, um, with the, the pass to Suarez's yeah. shoulder, which I was in the cop for. And I, you know, I can still... I can still remember the joy of, of, of that goal. Absolutely fantastic moment. He was involved in a couple of really great goals, actually. It was a great, yes, got a great team himself. goal. Yeah, and, yeah. And, um, so, yeah, good luck to him and, and Amy Jane if they're, they're still together for the rest <laughs> yeah. of their He couldn't resist day, it, could he? <laughs> so you did um, your research on her name, didn't you? It won't be. Well, I asked you lads if you could remind me of us. Um, I remember the Jose. Yeah. So, no, good luck to him. I hope he finds you know, something else to do in football, but... Um, yeah, he just after you know, not not being a, a, a terrible player, I think he did he did he did tarnish his, his reputation with that sort of refusal to move on. Paul, do you have any greater sympathy with him than Andrew, who's just dismissed him? Slightly, yeah. <clears throat> um, I think if you look at some of the left backs who've uh, certainly that I remember, some of the left backs who played for Liverpool, you just show them when you hear some of the names, and I, I thought he was he was one of the better ones um, to to play there in the last twenty odd years. Um, but it, it is a shame. I, I thought when, when Brendan Rodgers got sacked in October 2015, I always thought maybe that's going to be a second chance for Jose Enrique to sort of come back into the side and, and just, just play at left-back again, um, but it wasn't to be. And, uh, centre-half at Exeter. He's grateful to Klopp um, But it, it's a shame. It's, it's always a shame when you know, players have to retire through injury you know, before they'd like to, and he's only 31. Um so it's it's very sad for him, yeah. Joe, if you put the blocking, yeah. the, the low block aside, yeah, yeah. No, no, I have some sympathy for him. I mean, I mean, when Andy talked about him not wanting to leave because of the money, I always think you've got to sort of imagine in his in his mind, he's thinking, I signed for Liverpool a year ago. You gave me a five year contract on decent wages, and a year down the line, you're saying to me, no, you're not, you're not good enough. Leave, and maybe he wanted a chance to fight and show that he is good enough that he's not giving up on a move that he earned just a year or, or two before. So I've got a bit of sympathy. I think that once the writing became on the wall, maybe six months later, he, he should have left. But um, he certainly don't want to see someone's career end early. 31, it's, it's sort of no age for a, Premier League, sorry, for a footballer to, to, um, to, to retire, is it? So, um, yeah, it's sad. And he wasn't that bad. He wasn't that bad as a player. Um, we've seen some worse left-backs, <coughs> Paul Kuchewski. So You got a cough there? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll finish then with the City game. Uh, we mentioned Coutinho before. Uh, we'll look at the remainder of the team. What do you think the team should be, Andy? I'll ask you first. I mean, would you put a keeper? You know, Carrius played the last game. Well, Klopp's uh, already said Mignolet yeah. will play. It's interesting, though, after the game, when, after the Arsenal game, I asked Klopp about Mignolet and the decision to rest him. And obviously it didn't become an issue because Carrius didn't have a save to make in that game. Um, he nearly gave himself some saves to make. Nearly gave himself, <laughs> yeah. Um and he, you know, he confirmed that Mignolet would definitely play against mm. 
City unless there was an injury issue, which I don't think he got sitting on the bench for Belgium the other night. So assuming he's fine, Mignolet comes comes back in. The interesting thing will be when we get to the Sevilla game, because there is there is a suggestion floating around, um, and he was asked about it, uh, Klopp after the Arsenal game and and declined to answer. Which whether that spoke volumes, I'm not sure about the, an issue of whether Mignolet will play Premier League and Carrius will play Champions League. And we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. Well, who do you think is going to play against Manchester City? The rest of the team. <laughs> that was the question. Oh, the rest did you just start with the goalkeeper, man? The Sorry. whole team. Well, yeah. front three picks itself. No changes there, assuming everyone's yeah. come back fine. Uh, and the midfield, I'm probably going to say stay as it is. So I'm, I'm with Alden Henderson Chan. Um, though it would not surprise me if Klopp threw the touch of drama into it and just said Coutinho. I, I have this vision. Uh, of Klopp getting Coutinho in his office and looking him in the eyes and going, City, 12.30 tomorrow, do you want to play some? And, uh, and hopefully Coutinho <laughs> looks him in the eyes and goes, put, put me in, boss. And um, that would be a fantastic way of hopefully drawing a line under the summer nonsense and moving this forward. Um, it, it may be that Klopp puts him in his office and says, Fancy going on the subs bench tomorrow. <laughs> and he says, fine, boss. Yeah, whatever. He's playing in defence then? In, in defence, well, we haven't got many centre-halves to choose from. be uh, Lovren and, uh, and Matip. The, the right-back... Um, no, do the left-back first. The left-back, I think, is the, the most interesting position on the pitch for Saturday mm. because we saw last season... The way City move the ball and try and create spaces, those little sort of half-spaces down the side of the centre-halves... And we saw, I think, eventually their goal came from there. Milner did his very yeah. best to... I, mean, I, think, I think he had a good, a good day that day, Milner, I think. But he was under massive pressure in terms of how much they were trying to get down the side to Man City. And so I think positional sense at City in terms of making sure no one's getting in behind you, those little through balls, will be huge. And this is the big game where I think we look at our... Two possible left backs, probably if you, unless you consider Milner. Milner yeah. um, and I think it's a, it's asking a lot of James Milner, though he's always showing he's up to it to say you go and play left back. But the, uh, and I think he'll play Moreno. But I do think this is the game where we will see if it's a new Alberto Moreno or one with those familiar positional issues that we've been worried about for him and. Given Robertson is, is generally seen as potentially having some issues defensively as well, it's probably not the game to throw him in. So um, I think it'll be Moreno, but I wouldn't be disappointed to see um, Milner's name on the team sheet for solidity. Right back? Well, the right back. I can't believe that people are even... One good outing against Arsenal that people are even thinking <laughs> that, that Trent shouldn't be playing right back. Trent, Trent, Trent was only left out as a sort of... to. Keep him fresh and, and, and fit. And he had a dead leg, didn't he? Yeah, but he, but he was available. He was on sub yeah. wasn't he? And yeah, Trent Alexander Arnold starts for sure. Paul, ten questions to you. What's the team going to be? Um, well, Andy Camps. Mignolet, uh, Matt Lovren. I'm going to go Andy Robertson at left back, nope. and I'm going to go Joe Gomez at right back. Ah, there you go. I think I, I don't think Gomez will, will get his forward as much, and I think that will just give a little bit more solidity. Um, midfield: Henderson, Chan, and Coutinho. And then the, the front three, as it is. I'm going to go with your team, but with Moreno at left back. He, although, actually, I haven't thought about it. No, I'm not having Moreno. Sorry, no. I'm having Milner at left back. Joe? 
Are you asking us our, our teams? No, you're, you yeah, what you what you pick? Andy's just convinced me with that passionate argument. It's not for Trent for um, for the left back because um, it. it yeah, yeah we probably are going to see old Moreno, aren't we? You've made me think of it. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually... Still can see new Moreno, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I'd, I'd play Robertson at left-back. Uh, obviously, Mignolet and goal. Um, sorry, Andy. I, I'm going to keep Gomez in at right-back, only because he performed well, and, and I think Liverpool, Trent's very good going forward, but I think they want to be a little bit more solid defensively at the back. Um, I would play Coutinho. I don't think Klopp will. I think it will be the same midfield, and you don't change that from three. And Andy, then I'll start with you. What do you think? Score prediction? We haven't done, done this for a while. Um, well, I better stick with. Uh, I was after this at the Redmond TV, and I went for two each. Um, I'm actually. I've got slightly more. I have a lot of respect for the City squad in terms of their strength and depth, and I think that this is a really, really tough challenge. So. I'm going to go for, I'll stick with two all, but I wouldn't be surprised if we lost it by the odd goal in several. Paul, same question. Yeah, it's it's difficult to see a, a cagey encounter, isn't it, whatever way you look at it. So much attack and talent in both teams. I think it could be a similar game to last season where both teams just went hell for leather and, and see what happens. So you could be looking at a, a 2-2 or a 3-3 maybe. Funny enough, I'm going to go for 2-2 as well. I was going to say 2-2, but I think Andy's got a point there. I think Liverpool can't keep on beating or doing well against these top teams forever. They will lose one at some point. And this is one that there's enough other stuff going on that suggests that it might be Klopp, that game. Klopp's record against the top six, I think, is played 19, lost one since mm. he came in. Mm. Joe? Yeah, to be boring. Uh, yeah, I also got a feeling for 2-2. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think yeah they can't keep winning these big games forever. Um, but then as, as much as they could lose by a goal... The, the, the way these two teams play out, Liverpool could win by the odd goal as well, couldn't they? So, 2-2 um, with maybe the odd goal either side. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, it's either going to be a win, a, win. a draw, <laughs> or a defeat. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Thanks, Joe. <laughs> right, that'll do us where we will talk next week about either the win, the draw, or the defeat to <laughs> Manchester City and look ahead to the win, draw, or defeat against Sevilla in Liverpool's return to the Champions League. And, of course, but, for all those picking Robertson on Saturday, that frees up Moreno to play against Sevilla and we all know how that went last time. Yeah, thanks, Andy. We'll, we'll deal with that when we've considered a bit more next week. Cheerio.